this next game asked me not to say this, but God damn it, I'm going to say it anyway, because I wrote it, and it's true. I fucking love this game. It is the best game ever, period. Ladies and gentlemen, Elden God, I could practically hear <laughs> my brother um, cringing in the other room. Welcome back, everybody, to Not Rich Just Bored, episode 15. Um, yes, as you saw from the intro, this is going to be the Elden Ring episode uh, almost entirely because it, it may as well, the title of it may as well be called Cody Jerks Off This Game for an Hour. <laughs> That's pretty much how it's gonna go. But there's a few other things I want to cover too. But um just one heads up, first of all. Uh we are gonna cover the Batman review. Uh, but it's gonna be next week when Ryan's on because Ryan's kind of my movie guy. You know, we're both we're both movie guys, so we like to kind of cover those together. So I I told him I'll I'll cover it next week with him. So which is fine because I really want to talk Elden Ring. I have been obsessed with this game. I'm just going to check right now, actually. Um, what do I got? Elden Ring. Yeah. 42 hours, pretty much. 41.4. And that's like... I just... Literally, I get home from work. I'm like... The first thing I, could, the first thing I think about is Elden Ring. I'm like, oh my god. I just love this game so much. It's so fun. But before I go off on that tangent, um, I, I wanted to say one thing. Holy fuck. Our gas, price, uh, gas prices are out of control. In, in Canada, I, feel, I, I drive a diesel for work. It's a Mercedes Sprinter. And it's got a 70-liter tank. And it was like, like creeping up to $140 to fill it. Diesel right now where i'm at is a dollar 97 canadian a liter like i mean americans you could do the conversion to gallons even either way it's not good like that is a horrendous gas price i can't fucking believe it like well that's diesel but gas isn't much better gas i think right now where i'm at is sitting at like a dollar 67 and dollar 69 something like that like that's unheard of and and it, it just keeps hiking. Like literally, we had like uh, early winter. I think like a dollar thirty, dollar thirty five was like super high. That was insane, like unthinkable. But now it's like now it's like it's like a dollar forty five. Okay, okay, dollar fifty five. Oh, uh, what a dollar sixty five? Stop. Get out of control. So it's like now it's a dollar sixty-seven, and I'm like, this is fucked. But then today, yeah, I went to fill up the work vehicle, and it's diesel, and I'm like, holy shit, because diesel, I, I'm so used to diesel being cheaper. Like back when gas was a dollar twenty, dollar thirty, gas was usually a dollar ten. You know, it's usually ten to fifteen cents cheaper. But not fucking right now. It's a hell of a lot more expensive. And I just don't get it. Obviously, it, it must have something to do with the war. The war in Russia, invading the Ukraine, and stuff like that. But it just makes no sense to me. Because I did some quick conversions earlier. And and uh, over in Dubai, they're paying. Now, this is converting it from their currency... Just let me get my facts straight here. I screen capped it all because I did a bunch of math, which is probably wrong because I'm bad at math. Okay. So, yeah, it's the, it's uh, their currency over there is UAE, Durham, which is uh, United, yeah, United Arab Emirates. 
Uh, so anyways, it's like 3.23 of those. And one of their currency is about 30 cents Canadian. And so yeah, they're, they're 98 octane. Premium fuel, the best fuel you can get, is like about $1.13 Canadian. And why is that? I'm so glad you asked. It's because they, um, they make their own fuel. Obviously, Saudi oil is huge, right? It's in their backyard. They get it right there. But my question has always been, why the fuck don't we do that in Canada? Why does Canada have to get oil from everywhere else, and why do we buy Saudi oil? Why don't we just self-sustain? And I, I know the answer, because the answer is that, obviously, politicians and governments are lining their pockets uh, with exports and all that stuff. But it's like, fuck that. I don't give a shit how much money you cocks are making. Uh, the citizens are suffering. And what these guys don't realize is that, as much as they don't want to admit it, they need the working class. The working class is what supports this fucking country. All right? Those guys fucking slinging oil and dick up north, they're supporting the country. The guys slinging groceries at the grocery store, you're supporting this country. You know? All gas station attendants. Those types of people. The backbone of society. You'll, if you lose that, guess what? This upper class isn't going to have anything, anybody to sell their fucking Arbonne to. Their fucking little pyramid scheme. So, like, I don't know. I don't know what they think. It's just, the world has gone insane right now. And it's, it's really fucking heartbreaking, honestly. Our electricity bills are like $400 right now. And that's just for electricity. $400. Gas, the, the gas bill, like natural gas to heat your home, it's like 200 like utilities that are necessary, especially during the winter, that's 600 bucks alone. That's your rent. For, well, that's almost the cost of the rent of a one-bedroom uh, apartment. Like, it's fucking insane. How are people supposed to live? Especially the people at the bottom of the food chain. And, and there's, you know, there's all this government subsidies and all this government help, all this assistance, right, that they're trying to, you know, EI and uh, child tax benefit and all that bullshit, but it really doesn't help. At the end of the day, it doesn't help. Inflation has gotten out of control, and everybody has been priced out at this point. COVID didn't help, but I'm so fucking tired of COVID. I'm so tired of that excuse. You adapt with the times. If COVID fucked over the economy, then you get your working class back working. You get your prices lowered so we can live. Because guess what? People are going to start, people are going to be spending money on whatever you want us to buy. Cars, houses, you know, whatever the fucking upper class wants to sell, you're going to have nobody to buy it because you're pricing everybody out. And it's just, Oh, it just I I could literally just go on rants for hours about it, but I, I I really don't want to because it just everybody gets it. It's just inflation needs to stop now. And I don't know. We need like a good conservative government or something like that to get in just just to fucking even things out because inflation has run rampant. And the only thing that hasn't inflated is wages. It's gotten to the point where, and this isn't even a joke. I wish I was joking about this, but to live comfortably and have a nice house, and, and by nice house, I mean just a fucking house and have a decent vehicle that's not going to fucking die on you every year and you're going to have to maintenance it every year, you need to be making about 40 bucks an hour. Like, you need to be making, like, I'd say probably 60 to 80K a year to live. That's by yourself. Afford everything. And like 60 to 80K, like college degree, most college degree jobs, like learned jobs aren't paying that. So where are we supposed to get this fucking money? I, I don't know. 
It just, I said it, I've said it, and I've shared this Facebook post every year since then. I said it back in 2015, and every time it comes up in my memories, I reshare it. And it was me back in 2015 saying, when did shelter become a luxury? And that's, exa- that's exactly what I meant. When did it become a luxury? Like, seriously, back in the day, it was just normal. Every family had a house, and you bought that house. That was your house. There was like, I mean, there was apartments. There was renting, sure. But most average families, you had a home. Look at your parents. Any of you listening to this, did you live in a house with your parents that they bought? Because I'll bet about 85% of you guys would say, oh, yeah, yeah, we did. And some of you probably had one-income families. I know mine was, for a long time, a one-income family, just my dad. And, you know, my mom had a job, but it was, like, just a part-time, you know, part-time thing to keep her busy and all that. And that was later when we, us kids were a little bit older, right? But, and then, of course, later in life, in the 2000s, she got a job because that's when, you know, inflation got out of control. And it continues to this day, so... I don't know. I I really do hope for a world where inflation gets stopped, at least manageable. And I don't think scaling wages is the way to go about it. I think what they need to do is scale everything back, reduce the cost of everything, you know? Make it so that 20 bucks an hour is a good paying job. Like, that would be nice. Because it's like, any time inflation is in there, it just makes things more fucked and more complex. It's the same with... Uh, I always use this as an analogy, but in uh, there was a World of Warcraft expansion, and, well, there's a hundred of them, but it was, <clears throat> it was called Cataclysm. And in Cataclysm, they basically buffed... There were so many expansions by that point that everybody's health got out of control. So it got to the point where a tank, so a meaty player, had half a million health about, probably, I'd say. Like, like 600 was probably end game, 600k health. And your average caster or whatever had, you know, 300k health. That's a lot of fucking health points for your character, 300,000, 600,000. But it all scales, right? So that means your DPS, your damage per second, guys, you know, Shadow Bolts would be doing whatever, 100k damage, 80k damage, whatever it scaled up to that skill. So everything scaled, but then they realized, because they realized in the next expansion, they're like, wait a minute, we're going to have people with like a million health and... The numbers are going to get out of control. All you're going to see is these fucking zeros appearing on your screen every time you attack. So what they, what they do, they scaled it back. Uh, I, think, you think, I, I believe it was Warlords of Draenor where they did scale it back. So they made it so that, like, yeah. An endgame tank, I think it was like 10,000, 15,000 health. Like, that was crazy. You know, your average DPS probably had 8k. But then, you know, the damage of your spells was normal too. So, you know, having spells that did hundreds of damage was okay. Because, yeah, anytime things get overinflated, it just makes it more complex. And it just gets too, it gets too, it gets too much. It really does. So, anyways, that's my World of Warcraft analogy for the day. Um... What I really, what I really wanted to get to here, the star of the show, as you guys know, is uh, Elden Ring. So, ah, God, I don't, I don't really know what I could say. Besides everything, I, I really do love it. I mean, you guys heard it in the intro. Obviously, if anybody got the Tenacious D, uh, Pick of Destiny reference, you guys are fucking awesome because that's what I was going for. <laughs> but. Oh, fuck. I don't know. That just makes you laugh so much, that part. Uh, me and KG wrote this song five minutes ago. 
It's called Master Exploder. <laughs> Jesus. But anyway, so thanks to Elden Ring, I know how to play. Like, I know how to switch weapons and all that. And it really is like, uh, like obviously, the people that are hyped about it will say it's good. It's a good control scheme. But there's a lot of people I know that are, you know, they say it's a bad control scheme. But it's, Elden Ring's control scheme is it bad. It's just different. You just have to know how to do it. Like, I thought, I was confused at first. My first couple, I'd say my first three or four hours in this game were rough. Because I was just like, what the fuck's going on? I don't understand this. What's my ability? Why, why am I, why do I have a bow and a katana? Because I'm a samurai. Like, I, like, why is he holding both? Why can't I just use one? And uh, how do I two-hand my weapon? And But it's all like, it's all in learning the game. And once you learn how to play the game, you're like, okay, it's actually pretty ingenious. Because the way they have it is it's a two-hand system. So you can, you can literally two-hand any weapon. So your left hand has an armament and your right hand has an armament. And if you... I'm playing on a controller. On a, I'm on PC on a PS5 controller. Yeah, PS5 controller. So I hold triangle and press R. So because I'm a samurai, that'll two-hand my katana. And then, and then when I do that, my bow is on my back. So if I want my bow, I hold triangle and I press the left bumper and then I press it again to two-hand the bow, right? It's 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 just what it it's just learning how the controls work. And it does seem convoluted, but once you master it, like you're like it's like it's it's no problem. Like I'm at the point now in the game where I'm just like, yeah, I know how to switch weapons. It's fucking easy. It was a little weird at first, but you just got to kind of get used to it. And again, I don't think it's bad. I think it's just different because they didn't, they're not going for your traditional Skyrim where you press start and you go to your equipment and you equip your sword shield. Or if you want to equip your bow, you go to your bow or your hotkey. This is a game where you have to always be prepared you have to have all your armaments on your guy at one time. So, because there's no such thing as, like, pausing this game. I'm pretty sure even on the... Oh, no, yeah. On the, on the map screen, you're technically paused, but you can't, you can't open your map if you're in battle. So, so, like, when you're in a boss fight, you can't... I mean, you can't open your equipment and equip something, but obviously your character's going to be a sitting duck, and the fucking bosses are a little aggressive, so they're gonna gangbang you in a fucking dark alley. But it it's all about being prepared in the middle of battle. And uh I think that's where a lot of people kind of they fall by the wayside because they're so used to these games where you're kind of spoon fed everything. And this game doesn't fucking it doesn't pull punches, it doesn't do any of that. And I think for anybody, even experienced players, your first few hours of this game, they're going to be rough because you don't know the patterns of any of the enemies uh, and you're also weak as baby shit. Like, I chose the samurai because, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm essentially new to the Souls genre and I heard samurai was the character to choose. It's not, not overly complex but also not like super easy mode. It's kind of the best of melee, and then you have your ranged option with your bow. So I was like, yeah, I'll try that. And plus, Samurais are badass. I mean, you know, probably one of the most badass warriors in the world are Samurais. Ugh. Always been a huge fan of the Japanese Samurai. Gotta, gotta love be some Jotai playing the old Dynasty Warriors. <laughs> but, uh, anyways. Yeah, so the... Like I said, when you're, when you're starting out, it's, it is going to be rough, but once you learn the controls and you understand how everything works, 
um, then you could you could set your character up and and yeah, you'll 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 do pretty well. But it's but really it's about learning boss patterns and and figuring out how the game works. I like I think the first I think I said it in the last podcast, the first boss I fought was the burial tree watchdog. And like that thing was fucking terrifying to me. And I had such a hard go of it. I was like, I can't believe how fucking difficult this guy is. But now, you know, 40 hours into the game, I came across another one in a different tomb. Same enemy. He had a couple trash mobs around him too. But I fucking rocked his balls and like fucking eight hits with my katana. So it's like you do feel improvement, not only in your play style, because you learn movement patterns and all that. You know, pattern recognition is obviously a huge thing with this game. But also, you know, you get stronger, you get better gear, you get better weapons. It's it oh, I love the progression in the game. It's really it's really cool because you do you you do you really do feel like you're getting stronger. Cause like I remember at the beginning of the game, like I could barely damage those big giants. I think they're called Stone Digger Trolls. I think that's their official bestiary name. But it's like the first giant enemy you fight in the game. Assuming you don't wander into any of the catacombs or anything. But, uh, yeah, it's those big fleshy-looking fucks. They look like giant ball sacks with hair coming out of their head. But they're... Um, yeah, they're... They're, you know, at level 1 to... 15 or whatever you know they're pretty difficult but it's like now where now where i'm at i could literally walk i could run by one of them on my horse and just fucking like a few hits with my katana and they're dead (laughs) and like you know after the third or fourth hit i stagger them that's the gross thing about the katana is that it, it applies bleed damage so after you know depending on the enemy and their resistance to bleed after you know five or six or seven hits or Sometimes 10 or 12, again, depending on their immunity to bleed. Uh, eventually, you'll get that bleed hit, and it'll do, like, massive damage, and it's, like, so satisfying. You're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. Uh, so, what? yeah, what what really can I say about the game? It's, it's a gorgeous game. Uh, everything looks really great in it. All the... All the biomes, all the areas, and I'm not done it yet, just so you guys know. I'm really not even close to being done everything in the game. And I put 40 hours into it. And, like, um, it's like I still get amazed every time I'm, I'm in a new area. There's, you know, there's new enemies, there's new bosses. It, it just continually surprises me. There are, um, as I've progressed through into the more areas i have noticed a few recurring bosses which is a little bit disappointing but it's also forgive it it's it's for i could forgive them because there's such a diversity already that it really doesn't matter if you fight the same boss a couple times because really it's already got it's no different than skyrim or something like that you go into an area you know and you fight forsworn or something well, guess what? There's going to be 50 other dungeons with the same fucking guys in it. So, this one is, you know, again, at least the enemies and everything is very, it's very different everywhere you go. But there's one thing that is not different everywhere you go, and that's the fucking crabs. God damn those fucking crabs. They're everywhere. Everywhere in this whole game. People always said that Miyazaki, the, the director of the game, um, like the Soul series, they always say, oh, he loves his poisonous swamps. That's that's like a meme, I guess. He always loves po- putting poison swamps in games, in his games, which I guess, to be fair, he has put a lot in this game too. But I think he has a fucking fetish for crabs. Because everywhere you go, almost every dungeon, there's fucking crabs. And then I, I have to tell people, this is my, one of my number one tips. If you see little crabs on the ground... Just just expect a giant one to leap out of the ground. Just expect it. Because honestly, it's going to happen. And the first couple times, you know, you might react a little bit like, like, oh, fuck. But 
you know, eventually just be like, oh, crabs. I hope a giant one doesn't come out and snip my balls off. And that happens and you're like, I knew it. <laughs> Luckily, we're not, again, where I'm at in the game, I, I don't have to, I'm not scared of them. Because I could just, as soon as they emerge, I could just like four hit them on my horse. Or if I'm on the ground, I could four hit them too. But yeah, those, but the crabs, they're annoying though, because they keep doing their claw slam. And it's like, oh, they, they're just relentless. There's so many, there's so many of those like trash enemies that's like, you come across them and you're like, I could beat you. But, oh, God, I don't want to put the effort in. Because you know that there's just those certain times that they're going to stun lock you and hit you about 40 times with the same attack. For me, it's like... Yeah, I don't know. They're just annoying. But the lo the giant lobsters are in... I think they're in Lucaria of the Lakes. or Lus I can't remember what the area is called, but there's giant... There's not just giant crabs. There's giant lobsters as well. And they're also fucking annoying, so. My point is, if you see any kind of crustaceans, just expect more crustaceans of the giant variety. But, anyways. So, yeah, exploration is great. The terrain is great. Everything's varied. The enemies are varied. Uh, the leveling is good. Like, the, en the enemies seem to be scaling. The boss fights are very engaging and very challenging. Uh, a, a few of them have been a little bit more challenging but than I, than I expected, but I'm just like... Like I said, once I learned how to play Souls games um, and did a little research on them too, it made me a lot better at some of the boss battles. Because normally I two-hand my katana, but I find there are certain bosses where you just have to have a 100% physical block shield, and you just have to fight with a shield. Because I, I didn't know, because I didn't know how these bosses worked, right? I didn't expect, like, a giant, weird... It, it's a, a Godric's castle in the very basement area. It's not even a boss, technically. It's just an enemy. Although you do fight a boss version of it in... At the begin at the very beginning area, the first step where you leave there, there's an area where you can use a, a stone sword key, and then you go deep into the bowels of that dungeon, which is really that dungeon's really annoying because you have to outrun a big giant grinder machine. But anyways, it's uh yeah, you can go back there, and at the very bottom of that, you find a boss version of this monster. I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a weird giant piece of shit that kind of looks like a dragon, but it uses it uses fire attacks in it. After it gets to half health, its body starts to glow, and then it becomes like, it has fire skin, like it skins on fire, so anytime you block it, you take fire damage regardless, but my whole point is playing that game, I did not think you could block that thing. Because it's the size of a fucking building. I didn't think a little dinky shield would actually block a physical attack from it 100%. But as it turns out, if, it, if, if the shield has 100% physical block, you can 100% physically block anything. It doesn't matter who it is. Obviously, if it's a magical attack, you'll take magic damage reduced, but... Like I was just surprised because I did not, I just did not expect that. I, I was like, I was like, oh well, this makes it a little bit easier. Not easy, not like super easy, but you know, at least it's you know doable. I know I can block those massive sweeping attacks that literally take up the whole map, so they're un, they're unavoidable. But and obviously, obviously, I know there's you know dodging and all that shit. There's all that other stuff you can do, but you know that requires timing and memorization and i'm not that good so yeah that's one thing that's another tip i will say is like if you're doing a two-headed class definitely keep a shield on the back burner but make sure it's got a hundred percent physical block which it's not hard to get a medium to light shield you don't have to be a heavy armor guy 
You don't have to have a heavy build to be able to block 100%. You just, yeah. I don't know if there's any light shields, like bucklers, that do 100% physical. But I definitely know there's a bunch of medium shields that do 100%. So, yeah, that's what I would recommend for that. But Because I, I just, yeah, it, it literally blew my mind when I found out that I could block these gigantic monsters. You know, a little ogre with like a, you know, with a giant sword, but he's still my size. Okay, I get it. I can block his sword, I guess. But yeah, the a fucking Goliath statue the size of a building. I did not expect I could block his attack. But, and I mean, to be fair, the giant enemies do make you recoil. It's not like you just block it and run through like fucking Brawly from Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> just start, you know molesting people with your hands but it's yeah it's not it's still it take you still take zero physical damage but but yeah i don't know it's yeah so that's another tip always bring a shield with you even if you're two-handed regularly but yeah so where was i yeah exploration the biomes enemies bosses yeah, the bosses are fun. Um, I like the optional objectives, like the like the great runes. Like after I, I've killed the first two bosses, I killed Godric and then I killed uh, uh, Queen in the Academy. I can't I can't remember her name right now. I'm so bad with with names when it's new. I can remember the whole fucking cast of Naruto, but I I literally like when it's a new series to me. I'm like, who's that guy? Who's that guy? But I just remember Godric's name because I always think of Godric Gryffindor. <laughs> the Sword of Gryffindor. It's a Harry Potter reference, guys. Come on, get your shit together. But, yeah, I really... Uh, yeah, I enjoyed that because you get great runes and, and, uh, from defeating the Shard Bears. And the great runes are... Um, they're like an extra equipable that give you, you know, boosted stats or whatever. Um, Godric's Great Rune boosts your, uh, uh, I think it boosts all your attributes. So I don't know what that means, though. Like, I don't know. I didn't actually look at how much it does. It probably only gives like one teach attribute. But one skill point's huge, though. Especially if it's in every attribute, because that's like, because anybody who hasn't played, when you level up, you get to apply one point. Just one. So that's, you know, if you increased all 10 skills or however, however many skills there are, that's technically 10 levels worth of shit. So not too bad. But, but to get it, you have to do a whole extra side quest and go to the tower um, in the area to to purify the rune before you can even use it so it's it's not like they just give it to you and it's not like it's something you have to do it's just an optional cool thing which leads me to i guess my one of my few complaints about the game um and i don't i i don't know i don't i don't want to put this in a certain way because Oh, excuse me. It's not it's not like I complained like uh it's not like a big thing, but I, I and I don't really need direction per se. Like I like that the quests are in the game, but I like that they don't I like the fact that they don't, they don't necessarily tell you where the quests are cuz I think it works with this type of game cuz it's not like quests are a huge part of it. Most of it is just kind of exploring and then you might come across a, a random quest. But I do kind of wish there was some sort of uh, quest journal somewhere. And I'm going to feel really stupid if there is one. There probably is one, but it's probably hidden in like an item or something. But <laughs> I'll feel really stupid. But that's the one thing I can say is that I feel like the game needs like a quest journal. And again, I'm not saying like, like go find... Ugh, go, go find Mallory's horse it ran away in the woods and then there's a gold marker in the woods where horses i'm not talking about that i don't need a marker but 
just like uh I would just like like Morrowind style, where it's literally just a journal like like you know Alora asked me to find her father in Castle Moor, uh, to the south, and then you know that's at least you know a hint. It's like oh yeah, I gotta find that guy in Castle Morn, or or like you know just something like that because I find there's so many random quests that I've gotten or like I started and I, I'll find like an NPC and they'll be like, thanks for your help. And I'm like, Oh yeah, you're welcome. I remember you hundred percent. What? And there's so many guys. Like another thing that I didn't really expect is returning to the round table. Cause nothing really tells you to return to the round table hold. Right. You just kind of, you know, you return there if you need to smith or something. And I returned there randomly, and this guy attacked me. And there's blood everywhere. I'm like, what the fuck? And then I killed this guy. And then apparently it was an assassin of some kind that ended up killing the one guy that was there. But the one hero of the round table, I can't remember his name, but he wears, like, the skeleton armor. But... When I go into his room where he was kind of leaning against the wall, all of a sudden, his armor's just sitting on the ground. And it's this badass armor that makes it look like a skeleton. And so I just grabbed it all and equipped it. Unfortunately, I had to put a couple extra points into, into endurance. Or... Uh, I think it's endurance, yeah, that incre- increases your equip weight. But I have Godric's rune as well, which... Is another thing I got from returning to the round table hold, and it it reduces your equip weight, because because if I was just to wear that armor normally, it's considered heavy armor for my class based on my uh, base. Um, and I think it's endurance, I swear, but, but yeah. So I equipped Godric's rune, which uh, lowers your it lowers your equip weight basically. And then, and then, yeah, I upped my endurance a little bit so I could wear it as medium armor because the samurai is meant to be at medium, you know? You don't want to be wearing heavy shit so you can't roll with a damn. You, you definitely want to be able to roll, especially when you're two-handing. But, but yeah, it's, either way, I just went back there, I got, yeah, I got that guy's armor, which is sweet, and there was randomly a, figures coming out of the ground and they gave me an item and then like so that's another tip i'll say is like if you've done quite a bit of shit return to the round table and talk to people because they they might give you shit (laughs) and then there's little quest there's like little quests that i ended up completing at the round table that i didn't even know about like i didn't even have so basically i think i explored too far doing things and then where, where I was supposed to go back there and talk to these guys and they would give me a quest, um, they just talked about fishing the quest because I had already gotten the item that they wanted because I had already kept going into other dungeons and shit. So, And they're like, the people will be like, thank you so much for helping Regier. I'm like, who the fuck's Regier? And it's like, oh, he's the guy that's paralyzed now. I'm like, oh, yeah, he helped me in a boss fight, I think. It's like, I'm sorry, I don't remember you guys. <laughs> and then that brings me to a whole other thing, which is the ashes. So, and this is another thing that I don't feel like they explained well enough. But basically, at one point in the game, you get an item called a spirit calling bell, which allows you to summon the spirits. I think you get to do it once per sign of grace so you could summon a companion to help you fight and then to summon another one after that one dies or is unsummoned i guess or you leave that area where they summon where you summon them um you have to rest at a sign of grace um but i will say if you're stuck on a boss uh try try using the ashes they at the very at the very minimum um, they're good for a nice, uh, they're they're good for a nice distraction for sure. They'll uh, they'll distract the enemy while 
while you get in a bunch of free hits and stuff. So I I literally never used the ashes until just last night I was playing. And then because I finally got the girl again because I returned back to the 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 round table there, the round table hold, and there's that lady that I saved at some point, and I gave her that medallion, I believe, and I told her to go there, and she is a spirit channeler, but you have to talk to the smith about it, and then you have to approve it by her, by him, and then you talk to her and say, he's cool with it, and then it's like, yeah, 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 he'll help you. And then you leave, and then you, and then the next time you come back to the hold, you could talk to her, and she'll upgrade your spirits. And I'm like, "Fuck, I did not know about this." But I also thought you had to be like a magic user to use the spirits, which, to a degree, you do have to be, because it's yet you use FP, which I think stands for faith points. It's it's your magic, it's your mana in this game. But so. You know, the more complex to summon, the more it takes. But, I don't know. I've gotten some pretty badass summons. There's this um, this crazy knight. I can't remember his name now. But he helped me defeat it, the the Glidstone dragon. Uh, and, like, he fuck, he didn't even die. Like, this guy, he's a badass summon. So, like, if you do find you're getting stuck on a boss... Don't be afraid to bust out those summons. And especially keep an eye on which summons you get. And then, because, yeah, I have that guy, and he's a, he's one... Because there's, there's two types of summons. Like, there's the summons that are, like, trash mobs, basically normal enemies, like wolves, and uh, the jellyfish is the one she gives you, and stuff like that. But then there's, like, more boss characters, like this knight that you could summon. And there's another one I have that's Stormhawk Ella or something. I don't know, it's it's another rare one, but this knight, he costs like a hundred and thirty or hundred and something no ninety-four, ninety-six uh faith points, which is basically for me, for my samurai, that's basically my whole fucking bar. But he's a fucking badass and he could literally go toe to toe with like the glidstone dragon and I mean he definitely takes a lot of damage, but you know, he can also fucking deal out some damage too, so uh, I think the ashes were a good thing. There's a lot of people complaining that they broke the game with them and it makes it too easy. It's not a true Souls game. It's like, eh, yeah, but they're trying to be, you know, because there's some people that, you know, they 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 want to play this game because it's beautiful. It's so big, but they don't, you know, they're not that good. They They want to have that extra advantage, so... I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just another way to play the game. And at the end of the day, there's one guy on Reddit that said it perfectly. He said, if you don't like the summons, guess what? You don't have to use them. There's nobody's forcing you to use them. It's up to you. Yeah, but the, yeah, but these guys are casuals that are using it. So fuck off. Who cares? Guess what? Not every, Not everybody's... The fucking Dark Souls 3 speedrun no-hit challenge grand champion of the world, you know? Some people just like to play interesting games with a cool storyline. You know? That's the one thing I hate about these types of games, though, is that they, they always lead to that. There's always, like, those fucking... There's always the cultists, right? It's always like... It's always like, well, if you don't play this way, then you're a fucking loser. It's like... No, just let people play how they play. It's all at the end of the day it's about having fun. And this game, and I know my poor co-host Ryan rest in peace. Just kidding, he's not dead, but he did. I'm pretty sure he returned Elden Ring, I'm not sure. I'm not sure he said he was, but I think he was just frustrated, but I hope he gives it another shot cuz it is a great game, but but I know he's pretty frustrated with it, but I think he just needs to Almost look up like a beginner's guide or figure that stuff out, but I don't know. That is one of the major complaints, though, because he's a big PC guy, so he's a big keyboard and mouse guy, but which my brother's playing it with keyboard and mouse, and he seems to be doing good, but but like I 
I, I do know that the PC optimization is not great, uh, like, as far as controls go. But I, I, I do find that to be a moot point in a way, though, because The Witcher on PC plays the same fucking way, and everybody talks about how it's the greatest game ever when it comes to that. Which, which again, don't get me wrong, I love The Witcher. The Witcher 3 is one of my fucking favorite games of all time. It's, uh, it's combat is nowhere near as good as this game, though. The Witcher combat fucking sucks in comparison to this game. But it is a different type of game, and The Witcher just has a fucking sick world and sick monsters. But, but it's, but like when it comes to PC controls, it's the same kind of shit where you hold shift and attack to do a heavy attack, and then it's that kind of fucking cancer. But, you know, if you can get used to it, that's fine. But like, I just find it funny that people are calling out the PC controls on this game, whereas. The Witcher is considered a masterpiece, and it has the same fucking control scheme for light and heavy attacks. But I don't know. I think it's a great game. I think everybody should check it out. And it's like I I really can't stress it enough the amount of uh, the amount of exploration in this game. And I I miss I I, I want to get Justin on here sometime to talk about this because it's just such a nostalgic thing for us but thinking about back in the day the first time i booted up morrowind like and just exploring that world and finding new and interesting shit everywhere i went everywhere i went and exploring like people's homes and you you know you'd look in their their rafters of their house oh there's nothing in the rafters of a house well you never know. Sometimes in Morrowind, there'd be, you know, people would hide gold up there. People would hide gems. You know, it's like, it's just like the level of hiding items. There there are certain items that were only, you were only able to get to them by teleporting and stuff like that. It's, or uh, teleporting or being teleported. Or the other way would be um, uh, to levitate. But like, uh, the reason I bring it up, though, is because I get that same almost feeling of discovery from Elden Ring, where it's it is to your detriment to not explore everywhere. It's like, ah, oh, that's just a little corner of the map. Uh, I'm not going to bother. There's probably nothing there. No. Go. Right now. Get over there. Go search. Because I guarantee there's going to be something there. And like I'm, there's only been a couple of times where I've searched a cranny or a nuke, and I've been disappointed. Like I mean, yeah, I don't. You don't always find like fucking legendary weapons or something, but like, but like you will be rewarded. That exploring is the name of this game, and I think that's what makes it all worth it. Even when I get stuck on a boss for an hour. There's been a couple of fucking doozy bosses that have been like, you know, I'm sitting there swearing my head off for an hour. And then, you know, sometimes I have to fucking walk away and I come back to it and I'm like, okay, let's do this. But it, it makes it all worth it in the end because you just want to see the next area. You just want to explore that next to- tomb or crypt or, or you know, underhauls or, or a secret passage. And it's like, Ah, it just keeps you engaged, and like, I've I haven't had a game like this in a long time that's kept me like this. Like I'm, you know, forty two hours in or whatever, and I'm still like, I'm just so excited to play it again. Like I, I, I just want to turn this recording off right now because I want to go play it. It's it's just so fun, and the new areas are, oh god, it's just so good. And, like, I was so worried about this game being a hype train and getting, you know, crashing. But it's, no, the hype is real. And it was, I wasn't even one of the people, the ironic thing is I'm not even one of the guys that was hyped about it. I didn't even know much about it until, like, a month ago, maybe. Because, you know, I always heard about it. Because I'm not stupid and I keep up with, you know, most things. But I'm not a hype writer. I just, I don't give a shit. 
I, and I'm not a trailer guy either, really. Like, I don't like, you know, there's the odd time I'll watch a trailer if it's something that's really crazy or whatever. But, like, I don't like, I, and this is where, like, me and uh, Ryan are very different people um, when it comes to, especially movies and stuff. You know, he likes to watch all the trailers and, you know, basically write a fucking bibliography about the whole movie or game or whatever. And then he goes and sees it. Me, I like. I don't like that. I like to go in blind. You know, I like to just go in there, experience it as I experience it. I don't like to look up reviews before it. I don't like to look up anything like that. Um, I just like to go in blind because that's the best way to experience it. Uh, if you, you know, especially with movies these days, so many trailers, they just give away the plot too much, and I, I don't know. I don't think that's good. I think they I, I I think I think going into anything blind is just I, I think it's a good idea, especially with how biased the media is. Like they it, like it's funny, like we were talking last week about I think it was a yeah, it was a chart we were talking about and yeah, we were talking about how like you know Rotten Tomatoes is like forty or sixty percent. But then the audience is 90, you know? You just, you can't trust reviewers or anything like that, so. And when it came to Elden Ring, though, I I knew there was hype. Because, you know, nobody would shut up about it. Every day you'd hear, new Elden Ring, something rather coming. New Elden Ring trailer. Could George R. R. Martin reveal his balls in this trailer? It's like, okay. But... Yeah, and then it came, it just kind of came out, and, you know, I heard a few things, and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, I was like, because my number one question was, is it going to be a Dark Souls game? And, like, like they said it's going to be a Dark Souls game, but it's going to be different, you know, it's not going to be that crazy hard, but, you know, same kind of style game, because I was like, I was worried, because I'm like, I don't know. I beat the first boss on Dark Souls 1 and then I quit, but I was a different person back then too. You know, that was many years ago and I was I was good at games, but I don't know. That game just did not appeal to me. The controls were fucked and everything was it's because it plays very differently, but now I have a better mindset and I feel like I could appreciate those games more, so I I, I don't think I I mean, I don't know when, but I'll probably at some point play the old Dark Souls games, and uh, I want to play Sekiro and and um, Bloodborne. I heard was really good too, so because you know, I I think I could probably appreciate them more now, but obviously they're more of a linear story, whereas Elden Ring is completely open. So I don't know. And I don't know if that's what makes it better for me. I don't know if I, you know, would I enjoy Dark Souls because I'm used to the controls of Elden Ring now? Uh, or is it, you know, is it really the open world that makes me love Elden Ring so much? Because I think that's, that is a big part of it. Like I said like I said before, the exploration is just, just top-notch. You really can't beat it. It's just, like I said, when you play this game, and you should. Every little hidden thing, anywhere you can go, just go. It doesn't matter if it looks like it's. It doesn't matter if it's under. If it's under like a, uh, if there's a bridge, go under the bridge if you can. You know, and anywhere you think there's going to be something, there probably is something. The one thing I always talk about with uh, people that ask me about it. Um, in person is or or at work or something like you know how's Elden Ring the the one thing I point to for the exploration is like the world's huge it's fucking big it's massive and it unfolds but what I did not expect was the extra areas there's there's not only is the map big but there's areas that you can only reach uh by being teleported there like the round table like the bestial sanctum uh, and it's like, holy shit, it's even bigger. 
but then it's even bigger, bigger because there's a whole fucking underground area in the forest area. There's the forest area. I approach this little shrine and it just looks like a little dicky shrine where you get like, I don't know, one item and then, you know, move on, start killing some shit. But no, it's an elevator. And I'm like, okay, where does this go? Take it down. And it's a complete fucking underground city of these weird stone people that are creepy as shit. And it's like fucking gorgeous. It looks gorgeous. And you literally are going down underground. Like the elevator rides looks like it's out. It takes forever. So you're really deep underground and, and it's a whole fucking city. And I'm like, Oh my God, this game keeps amazing me. So, like, not only do you have a huge map, but you also have these huge underground areas, and then you have these other areas that you have to warp to. And a lot of those areas that I haven't even looked into yet, like the Bestial Sanctum, I've only scratched the surface. I give the Death Lily or whatever the fuck it is, I can't remember, it's some plant that you feed to the dog there, and he gives you stuff, I guess. I don't know, he keeps on giving me stuff, so... I'm going to keep on feeding them, but I don't know. Maybe at the end, he'll give me something sweet. And that's the thing. You never know. It's just like, so I encourage anybody, like, just explore everywhere, everywhere. And don't look up spoilers. And I don't mean trailers. I mean, like, I don't know, like walkthroughs. Like, if you want to, if you want help with a good weapon or something, you know, you can look up, you know, whatever. It's up to you. It really is up to you, but. God, like me just going in blind, I've had such a good experience with this game just because it's just, I'm so amazed everywhere I go. I'm just like, oh, this is cool. This is cool. And I even went to, went to this one area because there's one thing I did here. <coughs> Excuse me. I heard about it on a, it was on a Facebook reel, I think. And it was about how you can actually kill. There's a boss in the tutorial that basically is supposed to kill you, and but I heard you can you can actually kill him, and he drops this golden shield, I think, and and golden twin swords, like uh, twin rapiers or something, and they're pretty cool. I'm like I'm like oh fuck, that sucks. I missed out on those, but I'm like ah, I wouldn't have killed that boss anyway. But for those of you wondering, you can say spoiler alert if you care but but there is a point in the game where you actually do fight that boss and he actually appears in the game and he drops those swords and he drops that shield there's probably an achievement or a trophy or something for beating him uh in the tutorial but i'm just saying if you don't you could still get those items because there is a point that you fight him and it's kind of hilarious because anybody who's played these games before knows that uh, people can leave messages on the ground. And I remember getting, I took a random warp and it warped me to this, looked like a little church type deal on an island. And I'm like, oh, this is weird. And there was no grace, uh, no grace site there. So I'm like, well, that's off-putting because there's a boss here. And and then, but all the markers that people left on the ground, it's always like, revenge is so sweet revenge ahead uh it's like <laughs> it's like be wary of revenge i'm like what the fuck do they mean revenge is there a player here or something but i did i just didn't expect it it's but it's actually the fucking boss from the tutorial and i'm like oh i get it revenge <laughs> and then yeah after i killed him he dropped those items and i'm like oh well i'm glad that you can get those items in the game because normally something secret like that, normally they don't give you the option to get that in the game. But again, it's technically like, I don't know what you'd call it, a secret, but it's its tech—it's not like something that you just find by coming across. You have to go to this one area and you have to have a special stone sword key. It's a magical one. I don't want to give away too much because I think it's fun to discover on your own, but... Yeah, basically you put this magical key in there. There's like four different four different places it can warp you. 
and yeah, one of them is, and yeah, the one site warps you to that that little cathedral with, with the mini the boss from the beginning. So, I thought that was fucking sweet. So, yeah, and one last one last note before I wrap up here, because I I could literally talk for hours about this, <laughs> but. And I know I've just been rambling. I hope you guys are still listening because I'm very sorry, but I just, I, I'm very invested in this game. Uh, I basically jerk off to it every day. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, the other, the the last thing I will say though is like, yeah, the messages that are on the ground, fucking, I swear the Dark Souls community, like, they're just like. They they must be like a bunch of fifteen year old redditors or something like, like fucking fifteen year old children just thinking they're hilarious as shit, because it's always the same fucking people going like, try fingers butthole, is this rump? Like it'll be like, like if there's a dra- like in Godric's castle there's a dragon that's impaled, and it's like, right underneath the dragon's tail where it's drooping down there's a message and I'm like. Let me guess, it's going to say rump. And sure as shit, it's like, could this be rump? <laughs> it's like, oh my god. But I will say, though, that the messages have been pretty helpful, though, for the most part, because a lot of them will tell you um, if there's a hidden path. Of course, there's going to be a bunch of trolls that'll they'll be like, hidden path ahead, but there's no fucking hidden path because they're just trolling. But for the most part, people are pretty truthful on there. And if there's a liar, like if somebody's lying, then people will literally mark the place and say, liar ahead. So, but I don't get the people that mark it as a secret passage. And I probably should say for context, secret passages, like there's certain areas in the game where there's invisible walls or like invisible passages. Like it just looks like a wall and you hit the wall and then you can walk through. So... They call it hidden path and and uh yeah. I don't get why people make fake ones because just like you attack the wall, it's like it doesn't disappear. It's like, yeah, you got me. Good going. You made me attack with my weapon once. You stupid fuck. They're sitting there laughing their ass off, but yeah, most of the f- <laughs> Most of the dumb ones, though, are just, yeah, caca, poo-poo, pee-pee, fucking, I, I swear to God, try fingers, butthole, I have heard that message probably 80 times so far. I'm like, I'm like, you're like a comedian from the 70s that hasn't changed your setup. Like, get your shit together. Fucking add some new jokes to your repertoire. <laughs> fucking ugly. But. Yeah, bottom line is buy this game. Try it out. You will love it. And, and, and give it a few hours. Like I said, give it a few hours. Don't don't like get your balls rocked on the first boss and be like, I'm quitting. I hate you, Dad. No, just you you literally it's a game that you have to give a fair shake. Because even even me, I was frustrated in my first few hours of gameplay. Uh, like, I was doing stealth attacks, and I was having fun. I was like, oh, this, this is pretty fun, but eh, I'm not making much progress. But it's very incremental at the beginning. But then once you get a foothold of your character, you kind of, you can do better from there. You know, once you get a foothold, you're like, okay, I see how this character plays. These are his strengths. And, you know, it. there's no shame in looking things up on the internet. Like, if you're, like, like, I had to look up letter grades and all that, like, how weapons work, because I didn't, I, I didn't know how they did things originally. But, like, literally, the way it works is that weapons scale with attributes. And you might have like the Uchi Katana that the samurai starts over with, it scales with dexterity and strength a little bit. But the letter, the higher letter grade is what you want to go for, for damage. But, you know, 
if you're a strength character, like a big knight or something, and you've got a dexterity weapon, yeah, you're not gonna be doing shit for damage. So you gotta be you gotta play your strengths. So and that's where I have the I have the meteoric ore blade that I'm using as a katana, which is a fucking badass katana. Oh my god. Love that thing so fucking much. And I was so fucking happy when I found it. I was like, finally a rare katana. And uh and anyway, so I got that, but the difference between it, it's a magical weapon, it has a magical attack, so it scales with intelligence and dexterity, but intelligence more than dexterity. So a lot of the points that I put into into dexterity, thankfully it wasn't too much at that point, but they're not they're not gonna help that weapon out as much. So you got to look the letter grade on your weapon and then make sure you're playing your strengths. So it, it and and usually it makes sense. You know, like a samurai sharp edged weapon dexterity makes sense for them. A thief with daggers dexterity makes sense. I you know, a gigantic barbarian with a big axe strength, right? So usually it makes sense and Again, the meteoric ore blade, it's a magical katana. So it makes sense that it would do dexterity for the katana, but it's also magic, so intelligence. So, you know, it scales with both. So that's one thing that I would recommend people always look into. Because I've had a few friends that are playing and, you know, they'll be... You know, they'll start out as a dex build or something like that, or you know, whatever, but then they'll be using a strength sword. And it's like, well, that doesn't work. That's why you're not doing any damage because you're not geared out for this weapon. And uh, thankfully, if you can't equip it at all, it'll tell you on this game. For the most part, it'll say like, your stats don't allow you to wield this weapon, but you can wield any weapon in the game at any time. You just may not be able to use its abilities or, you know, do anything effectively with it but but i do think there is a learning curve if you're not a souls player but please stick to it give it a shot because yeah i was even a little like i don't know at the beginning but once i learned all the basics and i got my feet wet oh you'll love it but anyways i think i'm gonna leave it there guys and I will see you guys next week. Uh, stay tuned. Get get excited for the Batman review. That's coming next week. Um, me and Red watched it on opening night. So, But yeah, again, he's not going to be uh, on the podcast till next week. So we're going to save it for then. Hopefully we remember everything that happened. <laughs> and yeah, so get excited for that. And yeah, remember to follow the podcast on all social media. As well as twitch.tv slash codemanliness. And then twitch.tv slash the underscore Houster. Awesome, guys. We'll see you in the next episode. Peace.